Well, the news just now that Boris Johnson, the British Prime Minister, has won a confidence vote against him. 211 votes for him, 148 against. Yet the pound was strong on the news that a challenge was on. Uh, We'll look at that today. Not good news for Boris when the markets turn against him. Plus, rates much higher today. And equities too, strangely, for much of the session, but easing off towards the end. And the RBA today, 25 basis points. We'll soon find out. It's Tuesday, the 7th of June, 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Yeah, it's not just Australia that has impromptu leadership challenges. Uh, more on that in just a moment. But big moves up in bond yields today. Nothing at all to do with Boris. US 10-year Treasury is up 10 basis points, well over 3% now. Two-year yields up less than four basis points. So a bit of curve steepening going on. UK 10-years are up nine basis points, five points higher in Germany, taking German 10-year bond yields up to an eight-year high at 1.32%. The US dollar is back on the rise. It's up a quarter percent on the DXY. It's up three quarters of 1% on the Japanese yen and 0.2%. 9% on the Swiss franc. Meanwhile, the euro is down almost a quarter percent. The Aussie is down 0.2%, just below 72 US cents now. The pound is up 0.4%. Currency markets obviously not liking uh, Boris Johnson because uh, the news broke uh, that uh, there was the, uh, the the challenge was on and the pound rose. Now the news that uh, actually he's here for the long haul, well, perhaps, and we're starting to see it come down again. Equities are on the rise, although the uh, enthusiasm early in the session has eased off. The Nasdaq was up almost 1.9%, uh, just 0.4% at the close, 0.3% for the S&P 500, and the Dow is flat. Apple was doing well. It's up half a percent uh, with them unveiling a new chip and also a buy now, pay later scheme for any Apple products worldwide. So, you know, you can buy now and not worry about inflation. So that might go down. Well, Amazon is up 2% after their share split on Monday, but still well down, of course, from where they were. They're down a quarter since late March. And Twitter is down 1.5% today because of fears that Elon Musk might pull out of the deal over his concerns about the number of fake accounts. And he's saying he's not getting the information he wants from Twitter. And it's likely to go to court, it seems. It's going to get messy. Big rises in shares in Europe with the FTSE 100 up 1%. The Eurostox 50 is up 1.5%. The VIX index is calmer than it was throughout late April and May, even though shares all over the place. It's hovering around 25 now. It was over 30 a month ago, getting close to 35. So is the VIX really reflecting what's going on, I wonder? And oil has backed off a bit. A 0.4% fall in Brent, uh, almost down to 119 a barrel now. WTI is down half percent. So Tapas Strickland joins me today from NAB in Sydney. Hey, Tapas, uh, the pound has been the top-performing G10 currency overnight. Uh, so it seems this hope of a, 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 a new leader, even though we know now it's not going to happen, but the idea of the challenge uh, that could bring Boris Johnson down, there's been this secret ballot, a secret shh, in the last few hours. Is that just coincidence that the pound is up, or do you think investors think the UK is going to be better off without him? They'll be sadly disappointed, obviously, uh, with the latest news. Uh, good morning, Phil. Yes, it does look like the move in cable has been mainly in reaction to the leadership challenge there, and I think the line of thinking there is um, if for whatever reason, Boris Johnson doesn't make it in the leadership uh, race there, then that's likely to increase the chances of the Conservatives uh, winning the next election. And uh, that would be seen as relatively market friendly there. So when you look at um, the pound, it's up against both the US dollar and the euro there. So you'd have to say markets are taking a slightly positive note in regards to the pound and the impact of, of the election. But in in the end, I think it's going to be relatively fleeting because at, at the end of the day, um, uh, politics is not a huge mover uh, in the context of the Bank of England, which uh, meets uh, next week and is expected to, to 
to, to lift rates. Yeah, it's a flash in the pan, in other words. And, uh, you know, the fact he's managed to get through this first stage, uh, you know, there probably will be another challenge. I wonder whether he'll make it. I don't think he'll limp through to the next election. I mean, uh, a lot of people against him now. Uh, and perhaps the markets are also looking and saying, well, if he does go, that'll avoid a Scottish independence vote. They might negotiate with Europe rather than brazenly ditching that Northern Ireland protocol. So all of that could be uh, could be good for Britain as well. But uh, all those hopes delayed for now. Look, the uh, US dollar is rising higher. Those yields rising as well. So is the market now repricing its expectations on rate hikes? Uh, I mean, we had uh, nothing to stop the the Fed from the non-farm payrolls, of course, to get them to change their course. And then, you know, last week we had Fed's Loretta Mester and others. She, I mean, she's there saying, you know, 50 basis points, then 50, then 50 again. No pause. Next three meetings. Uh, so uh, it, it seems like, you know, that the, 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 there's very little to stop them. And markets seem to be, you know, raising their expectations even higher with these rates going up so much today. I definitely in. I think markets have been relatively cautious just ahead of the US CPI on Friday. And I think they'll be watched quite closely just to see whether there is starting to see some moderation in inflation pressures out there. And when you have been looking at the core kind of measures in the US, it does suggest that um, core inflation is probably running around that 0.4 to 0.5, not accelerating any higher than that. <clears throat> so that's had So that has allowed yields to consolidate around these levels and markets will be watching quite closely in regards to that uh, in in regards to if our yields and where the rate pricing can go higher from here right but what about equities because they've been up a lot today and then you know they've retraced as the session's gone on i mean it was interesting seeing equities rising when bond yields are on the up uh, and we've got 10-year treasuries back over 3% now for the first time since the middle of uh, of last month but those big rises that we saw in equities that all come come away again so why that enthusiasm, and then why did it suddenly disappear as the session progressed? Oh, yes, yeah, so you'd have to say um, equities did start the week off on a positive note, um, particularly in regards to China. Um, so in China, there was two developments mm. there, so some easing up of COVID restrictions in Beijing. So some signs perhaps that um, China will be able to rebound um, out of the latest restrictions that we have seen there. Um, and then the second one was um, the regulatory crackdown that we have seen in the tech sector. Um, some signs that may be starting to ease, uh, and especially in regards to the uh, Chinese taxi how ride service uh, DD. And so what you did see in Hong Kong yesterday was uh, the tech sector up some 5% yesterday. And that did add a lot of the positive momentum um, coming into uh, New York and into London. Uh, but that faded quite quickly as you did see those yields uh, go go higher throughout that session so um, that's the main reason for why stocks are relatively flat even though they are relatively positive going into the session but it's a two-edged sword isn't it maybe that's why it's up and down everyone's trying to figure out which way uh, which is the sharper side because you know if uh, if if china gets back to work and it helps supply chains that might bring prices down but of course they're going to again also demand oil so that's going to push oil prices up so uh, the question is uh, you know are we better off with china back at work or worse off oh, I, th- I think for the for the whole world um definitely better off uh, having china back online that's also adding to the inflation outlook in terms of the oil price so one of the main reasons for the oil price rising over recent days is because of china coming back online after um, easing up on those restrictions but the overwhelming outlook for the equity market will be in terms of earnings there and uh, you'll have to say over the past couple of weeks we have had a few um, downgrades in in terms of earnings but equities have been relatively insulated from that so you you may get a bigger reaction in terms of equities uh, into the next earnings uh, quarter and we have the uh, caging services pmi lifted up a little in may uh, still below 50 
So, I mean, it's still going the wrong way. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to watch, uh, you know, what happens over the next month in, in China. But Czech, Chinese equities are definitely on the rise. So there's definitely hope that there is. Oh, there? yes, yes, definitely. And I don't think there's too much hope um, for that rebound in the services, PMI. But the key thing we'll be looking at is next month, whether there is a more significant bounce there. And the Japanese yen today, quite a fall. But, I mean, it's hardly surprising. I wonder why today the fall. I guess that's just in relation to the, the strength in the US dollar. But, of course, Japanese bond yields not really going anywhere. I mean, 10 years below a quarter percent, uh, and that's pretty much where they've been since late March. Over the same period, 10-year treasuries have gone up almost 70 basis points. So uh, a weaker yen, it's down 15% or so in the last few months. Good for their exports, but with rising import costs, and you don't imagine it'll make it worse for them. Of course, they are avoiding inflation. I mean, they're on what, about 1.9% inflation in in Japan, uh, even with that uh, exchange rate problem. Um, so where does the yen go from here? Well, you'd be really looking for what happens out of the Bank of Japan. And at, at the moment, at least, the Bank of Japan governor is guiding that there's um, still need for um, stimulatory monetary policy, uh, just given that inflation is still below the Bank of Japan's target there. Um, if you've got any movement on that, then obviously mm. that would be a f- very big game changer for, for, for the yen. But at the moment, uh, for as long as uh, the Bank of Japan uh, is maintaining that yield um, cap and uh, for as long as US yields are marching higher, uh, then that interest rate differential uh, is is continuing to grow, and that puts a bit of um, upward pressure in terms of uh, dollar yen there. Yeah, doesn't it? Uh, the RBA today, of course, uh, we talked about the numbers yesterday. Um, you know, is it going to be twenty five? Is it going to be forty? Is it going to be more than that? Um, so two numbers from yesterday in this context. Tell me how significant they are to today's decision. The Melbourne Institute monthly inflation inflation gauge. Reckons prices went up 1.1% in May just for the month, and the ANZ job advertisements were May up 0.4% month on month. Too late to have an influence on the RBA, of course, but what does that tell us about where we're going? It, it, it probably tells you there's a bit more inflationary pressure in the pipeline there, and so that will keep the RBA in terms of hiking rates after this meeting. And the key thing going to this meeting is whether the RBA reveals a preference of moving by 25 basis points or by moving by more than 25 basis points. And when you look at market pricing, markets are fairly split between a 25 basis point move and a 40 basis point move. And that split is also seen in market economists as well. I think uh, 15 out of 29 market economists are going for a 25 basis point rise there. Um, So the Key reason why people are looking at this is at the moment markets are pricing in about 30 to 35 basis points of hikes at each RBA meeting. Um, so if, if the RBA reveals a preference to move by 25 basis points, then some of that pricing will will come out there and you'll probably see a fairly significant market reaction in regards to that. Uh, but, mar- but markets will probably still price in the chance that the RBA will have to move by more than 25 basis points at one time, just given what other central banks are doing globally. And just to reiterate, coming out of the May RBA meeting, Governor Lowe did reveal a preference by moving by 25 basis points, call, uh, calling that as uh, normal operating practice. And uh, in between May and June, um, we haven't really had uh, too much in the way of data that would swing it towards a greater than 25 basis point hike. Um, the key things that came out was obviously the wage price index, which was a little bit softer than most people had been thinking at a low 0.7. And for the 15% of people who actually received a wage rise, um, that wage rise was on average 3.4% year on year. Um, and uh, if you cast your mind back uh, about six or eight months ago, a uh, wage rise of around a little bit over 3% was held out to be 
consistent with inflation averaging 2 to 3% on average over the cycle. So it doesn't look like at the moment Australia is experiencing the same uh, wage pressures as other parts of the world. Um, if we did start to see an acceleration in wages growth, then I think the RBA would move a little bit more aggressively. But at this stage, it doesn't suggest that the RBA needs to move by more than 25 basis points. And um, at least according to Governor Lowe, um, 25 basis points is normal operating procedure. But I think today's meeting will be very telling in regards to how far the RBA thinks it is behind the curve. They've got more flexibility, of course, as well, because they meet more often than most central banks. I mean, if they, you know, if they if they go too easy this this month, they can always pick up next month. Uh, definitely. And that is a main difference. The RBA meets 11 times a year, whereas most other central banks only meet yeah. eight times a year. All right. Well, uh, ECB and US PCI, uh, CPI are going to come up uh, later this week. Meanwhile, today, uh, we get the US trade balance and German factory orders. A quick comment on those before we go. Those factory orders, of course, coming ahead, just ahead of the ECB this week, of course. Oh, definitely don't tend to be all that market moving, um, but may give you some indication for the pulse of activity out there. And I think markets are going to be relatively cautious ahead of those two really big risk events that you noted there, the ECB and the US CPI. Yeah. All right. Great to talk, Tapas. Catch you again very soon. Thank you. We'll see what happens Cheers. this afternoon. Thanks. Thanks, Phil. And uh, as to Boris, that news is uh, hot off the uh, off hot off the wires, as they say. Uh, I don't know how you can govern a country when forty percent of your own party don't want you to be there. So this is, I suspect, Boris will go at some point fairly soon, uh, which is going to be good for the markets, good for the pound, because uh, markets seem to like uh, uh, prime ministers uh, who are more conservative. Uh, so, and maybe they think with him gone, the Tories stand a better chance of winning the next election. Uh, we'll see. That's it for today. I'm Phil Darby for now. Back again tomorrow morning with a another one. Thanks for listening.